Dave, Jill, Ben, Amy, AJ, Liam. God's mercy, God's comfort and peace be to you and to all of us gathered here today as we remember Sue and what God has done in her life. For to everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. One of the things that I like about seasons is their structure. They're semi-predictable, right? Uh, So spring leads into summer, fall into winter, uh, and each takes roughly a quarter of the year, unless you live in Northeast Ohio, in which case winter predominates, um, and they move one into the other. Baseball season starts in April. It goes through September. 162 games, or in the Indians' case this year, 165. (laughs) The Browns will play 16 games across 17 Sundays. There won't be extra games for them. (laughs) The Cavs will play 82 games, unless they make it to the playoffs. We know the length of a season, but none of us knows the length of a life. And when that life is shorter than we expected, and these days, 66 years is shorter than we expect, it shakes us. It feels unfair. It feels wrong, especially after our hopes were raised and it seemed like Sue's health was improving. But this, sadly, was the end of Sue's season with us. And please notice that that I say it was the end of Sue's season, and I did not say that it was the end of her life. As we were reminded earlier, this is why Jesus died and lived again, so that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. Jesus is Sue's Lord. And even though she has died from us, she is with him. And she is alive in his glorious presence, waiting for the resurrection. Remember, Jesus promises not just that we die and go to heaven. His promise is that we die and someday when he comes again, he is going to raise us up. Sue is alive and waiting for the resurrection of her body in eternal glory. A body that will never get sick It will never suffer, and it will never die again. And when that day comes, the sorrow of this moment will be swallowed up in victory. And Sue's experiencing that victory already. It's us that's left behind. It's us that's here to to hurt and to cry and and to mourn. Because there is a time to weep. There is a time to mourn. And this is it. But we weep and we mourn not as the world weeps and mourn. We do so with hope, remembering Jesus' promises. Because when you think about it, how could we not mourn in this moment? How could you not weep? Your bride, your mom, Liam's grandma, our friend, A a teacher, a mentor, a sister, an aunt, and a partner and leader in ministry. Sue's life touched so many others, and it was in no small part because of her faith in Jesus. 
Her faith guided her through her life. I noticed a picture from from your wedding, Uh, the one with the banner that says, Dave and Sue, follow me. We know that Sue followed that calling. She followed Jesus as, as she taught and as she cared for children and as she dealt with all of us. She was regularly in worship. She received the Lord's Supper because part of following Jesus is is hearing his word and and receiving his forgiveness in the word and in the sacraments. And then her life revolved around these things. God's spirit has been at work in her life from the day that she was baptized in St. Paul Napoleon all the way through her last breath at the Cleveland Clinic as he sustained her faith and kept her close to Jesus ushering her into his presence. She faced her whole life of illness with faith. And as she did, she witnessed. And she was an inspiration because of the hope that she had. The hope that her sins were forgiven and that her Lord would bless her with healing in this life or in the next. Jesus said, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Sue's light shone brightly among us. So today, through tears and sorrow, we give glory to God and our Lord Jesus Christ for everything he did through Sue's life. And I encourage you to look at her life and to consider the example of her faith and trust in Jesus and to follow as she followed Jesus. It was her life, witness, and faith that led us to choose that hymn that we just sang before this sermon. Jesus loves me, this I know. Sue knew Jesus' love, and she wanted to share it with others including the children that she watched in our Mothers of Preschoolers program, or MOPS, as we affectionately call it. She would watch the toddlers at our MOPS meetings, and she asked me to come and to play guitar uh, and to sing for the kiddos. She had little plastic eggs that she'd made up, put little beans in them, you know, taped them together so the kids could shake them. Uh, they were the percussion line, and, uh, you know, and I would play and sing. And, uh, uh, and one day she asked me, hey, uh, would you sing Jesus Loves Me as, as part of this? And I played and sung Jesus Loves Me for the Mops kids every time I've played for Mops since. I can see Sue in my memory, singing along and smiling. And that's what I would like to leave you all with. A mental picture of Sue, surrounded by children, singing a children's song, but a children's song with a profound message. Hear this again. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He has washed away my sin. Let's his little child come in. Yes, Jesus loves me. Join me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And so did Sue. And thanks be to God for Sue 
and for Jesus' love for her and his love for you.